What is going on, everyone? Feral here, coming to you live with another Feralism podcast. Just bear with us for a minute while we get our guest start. Thank you so much for the technical difficulty, patience, and perfect timing. So, boom. How you doing, Nick? I'm good. I'm good. We got a. It's a weird morning with Instagram and with the weather, but you know. I I know it's like it's one of those days. Good, and now it's not. And my state <laughs> on the East Coast should be cold and it's hot. Yours should be cold, hot, and it's cold. So you know what are we gonna do? But anyway, guys. So Feral here, coming to you live with another Feralism podcast, and today we touch on the intricacies of codependency and navigating through dating during these difficult times with special guest star. The comeback journey, aka Mr. Nick. We're here. I'm ready for it. I'm awesome. excited for this, man. Oh yeah, me too. So before we get started, so for those that are wondering where you can find us, for me, you can find me on Facebook at Feralism and on YouTube at Feralism, and now on Instagram at Feralism15. And I'm also now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts. And it is Feralism as well over there. So when we're done here, this will be uploaded on all platforms, including that. Uh, before we get started, Nick, where can people find you? Uh, so Instagram is at underscore the comeback journey, Facebook and YouTube and TikTok. Though I'm not really on TikTok that much, but that's all just search the comeback journey. And then I have a website, the comeback journey.com and also podcasts, any streaming platform. Um, you can find my podcast, but you can also find that through the website. And you can like scroll through and see episode descriptions and all that. So, yeah. Perfect. So let's get started. So let's start with codependency. I feel like that's one of those topics that's a little weird to talk about either because it just sounds like it would be weird or people themselves may feel weird talking about it. What do you think, Nick? What's your experience in hearing the topic of codependency and how people feel? Do you feel it's a weird topic or? I think it's... um largely associated with shame and so people avoid it avoid the topic avoid talking about it um there's there's this sense that at least in my experience if you are codependent then there's something wrong with you and i don't think that's the case i think that everyone has struggles and and issues that they deal with. And that just, this is just another one of those. And it's, it's a lot more common than people think. And so I'm, I'm happy that we're able to talk about it on a platform like this and kind of, you know, shed some light on it, take away a little bit of the stigma and just let people know that it's okay. If you are codependent, and that there are ways to work through it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm a, one of, you know, you'll hear from me. I'm one of the first people to say that I'm not afraid to admit when I have something I need to work on. And as we get through this, you know, I'll, I'll gladly chime in. I mean, I will tell you right now, personally, I feel like I am fighting through codependency. And sometimes it's one of those things like anxiety that it's out of your control. But the biggest thing you can understand is that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to feel pain. It's okay to feel like something's wrong because if you can't feel it and you can't allow yourself to acknowledge what's going on, then how can you 
even fix it. Like, for example, take an analogy of a car. You jump in a car and you notice your check engine lights on, but you don't want to acknowledge it. If you don't acknowledge that the check engine lights on, then how can you take it to a mechanic and want to repair it if you won't even acknowledge that there's a problem? And then something, what happens is something worse happens and then you're in a worser situation than if you would have just gone and get the check engine light. So think of each of us as a car and this codependency is just a light on that we need to fix. And if we don't take ourselves through the appropriate channels to get mechanically fixed, how can we be in perfect harmony and working order? I 100% agree with that. I think that these these issues that that people go through, like you also mentioned, anxiety, codependency, um, addiction, depression, all of these things, I tend to look at them as alarms going off or like a check engine light, letting you know, like your your body, your mind is your soul is letting you know that there's something wrong. Something needs your attention. And if we ignore that, it doesn't go away. Like these, these things don't go away on their own. They have to be. And, and largely, at least for me, like I'm a big fan of uh, avoidance. <laughs> it's like my past, like avoiding things. And the problem with that is if we try to avoid something that we're going through, some, some issue we're dealing with, some feelings that we don't want to deal with, we're denying part of our existence. And when we do that, we're not being honest with ourselves. We're not being authentic and we're engaging in these cycles of self-betrayal and that just when you get in this recurring cycle of self-betrayal it's like you're digging yourself a hole day in and day out and the more you do it the harder it is to get out of it yeah and think of it like this it's like a because this is how i refer to anxiety and i think same thing it's like a shadow looming over you and you know it comes and goes but until you confront it it's always going to be there and one of the things i believe in i always like something serious like this some movie or some way there's a connect because i believe movies are doorways and pathways that you can see what's really there and here's a perfect example of where this plays in there's a movie that came out even during what's going on it's called the new mutants it was delayed for so long i don't know if you saw it i did not but are you familiar with like the x-men universe kind of thing yeah for sure yeah so it takes place in there and it's about these group of mutants that are being held in a hospital just to they claim they're helping them get better and they're working through things. So one of the girls that shows up there, she's orphaned because her family was destroyed in what was called a tornado, like a storm. And then since they've been there, all the other mutants were experiencing their fears, but kind of like fears, like in a horror movie that are actually real trying to hurt you. And it wasn't until towards the end of the movie that the girl who got sent there, who got orphaned was the cause of everything. Like her power was she had, this fear that she could control and she could, you know, latch on to other people's fears and it would try to hurt them. And it was, they wouldn't be able to fight their own fears. The only way to stop it was to, for her to face her fear to be able to control her power. And her fear manifested itself into the shape of a bear, into the form of a bear, because that's what was around her necklace. And that was a sacred uh, animal to her. 
and the bear was actually what killed the village, and she realized that. So it wasn't until the end that she stood in front of the bear, and it was huge, until she faced it and said, hey, listen, I know what you are, and I'm not afraid. And as she kept coming to that self-actualization and that self-realization, the bear got smaller to the point where she could control it and own it and realize that she can control her own powers once she overcame her own demons and her own bear. And so I think that was just something very memorable to compare this to because this is like our own demons that we have to own. Until we can confront our own demons, we will never be able to set ourselves free. I 100% agree. First of all, I want to watch that movie now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because we... It's, it's basically a, like a law of the universe that we recreate or day by day create the life that we feel we're worthy of. And whatever, like you said in this example, her, her fear was causing her to hinder her control of her powers and i would say like you you tied this in with um with anxiety like i think that's i think that's true it if we are afraid to face whatever is going on internally we hinder our ability to step into our most authentic version of ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with the fear. Like I, th I think fear can be healthy. You know, if, if there's something you're afraid of and like you feel like you're avoiding it, I think I try to take that as a sign that I should do that thing ASAP. And I don't yeah. always do, I don't always fall through with that, you know, because I'm a human, but yeah, I try to think of it that way, you know? And if like, I'm not saying like, I'm afraid of um, like a gang war. So I'm going to go like run into somebody's turf and like stand in the middle of the street. Like that's not the kind of fear I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, like I was afraid of skydiving. And so I went skydiving and it was awesome, you know, and it's, it's only that fear only has power over us. If we let it have the power over us. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm um, talking about fear. I used to be, believe it or not, this is going to sound so ironic. It's so ironic, but in high school, I was afraid of public speaking. I was afraid of doing what we're doing right now. And then one day, <laughs> My friends, and maybe some of them are watching right now, they're like, hey, Farrell, why don't you go up on stage for our talent show, and why don't you do something? And I was like, you know, I never thought about that, so maybe I will. So I got up on stage. I even had people from my old high school coming to cheer me on, and I rapped, and I broke the ice. And ever since then, you know, I nailed it in my public speaking school class in college. And then, you know, here we are with these, with these podcasts. And it's just like, if you don't know something, You'll never know until you try it. And it's fear of something you're just going to get in your head, like learning how to swim or going on a roller coaster. It's not the actual 
thing. It's the fear that all these questions you ask yourself and the unknown. unknown. Exactly. And your, your brain starts running on overdrive. And the biggest thing I will say too, codependency, anxiety, all this, it's not the actual issues that you're anxious or codependent with someone on. It's the, it's the actual act. So like the definition of what codependency is or the anxiety itself, that's what's actually what you have to overcome and get through. Not the actual, like, let's say you're anxious about a test or you're anxious about going on a first date. It's not the date or the test that you're anxious about. It's the idea of the anxiety or the, if you're codependent, if you feel like you need to spend a lot of time with your significant other or your friends, it's not them. It's the act of it. Hmm. That's an interesting way to think about it. I think there's definitely some truth to that. I never really thought about it that way. Um, and I think that, so if you're saying like, like, let's use anxiety for an example here. You're saying that like the anxiety like kicks into high gear because you recognize that you have anxiety. And so that thought comes into your head and it just replays over and over and that's what builds it. Yeah. So it's, it's the easiest comparison and you see this maybe on a TV show or movie or in real life, when someone keeps going after love and they, they, they latch onto someone real quick, because I think this ties into love and codependency, someone might say to them, oh, you're not really in love with this person. You're in love with the idea of being loved. So, so that is the same conceptual notion as what I'm saying here is that you're not necessarily anxiety. You, you are anxious about this, but it's not that thing it's your brain telling you it's that but subconsciously it's really just the anxiety itself because think about it when you overcome one like let's say you pass a test you no longer have anxiety about that but then you now have anxiety about something else so the anxiety itself is always spitting into a different direction making you anxious about something and then when you really break it down microscopically it's not those things because you get through them and you feel better it's the actual anxiety or the actual codependency so it's the the mechanics that shoot into those things. Mm. So there's this, there's this modality that I was introduced to a few months ago and it's called shadow work. And essentially like we have, like if you think of like yin and yang, like light, dark, order, chaos, um, and then like light and shadow. And for this concept of shadow work, there's the, this framework that I was introduced to, to where you can kind of identify and confront things that you feel would be beneficial to your life. Maybe something you've been avoiding. And so you would like get a journal, write out, you know, and answer these questions and actually put them on paper. And so, Part of it is what, what feelings or emotions am I avoiding? What, am I, what, what negative patterns am I noticing myself recreate in my day-to-day life? And one of, these, one of these questions is when you think about what you're avoiding, like I, I went through this process a few months ago about having a conversation with my dad and it was about why, like I, I'm 29. My parents divorced when I was like 11, and he and I had never talked about why he left because he, they split up, and then he moved from California to Illinois, and I hardly saw him for years. 
and he and I never talked about it. And I was like super, I avoided it heavy. And so I went through this process, the shadow work. And one of the questions I asked myself was, what is the worst possible, what's the worst case scenario that my, my ego wants to protect me from? Like what, because in our heads, we make up these, it's the unknown, right? So we spin these ideas like we don't, and, and they get blown out of proportion massively. And so when you write it out and you're like, what's the actual worst case scenario that can happen? And you write it out 10 times out of 10, it's not going to be as bad as what you make it out to be in your head. And so when you just take a second and you stop and you sit and you analyze, I guess, for lack of a better word, you analyze what's going on and you realize that you do actually have all the power to tackle whatever comes your way we just get all up in our heads and and we essentially get in our own way and yeah. most of the time we don't even recognize it no i agree and it's the same thing like when you're waiting for it two two things i'm gonna throw in here that i think will really chime well first one i used to have this really awesome psychology professor and he would always tell me you know people get anxious about my tests or people get anxious about college tests when really it's not that bad and reason it's harmful to be you know anxious about something like that is because when you're worried so much about studying for this test you start to over generalize which means it doesn't matter how much you study or how long you study you're not retaining any of that information but if you just sit there and tell yourself okay i have a test tomorrow you know what i'm gonna go in there i'm gonna do the best i can and whatever happens happens but i'm gonna shoot for a good grade and so when you go in with that notion you start to retain the information and you come out on top and I've used that technique and it really works. And so I would say that that's one. And then another thing I learned this too over the years is that one thing, you know, we talked about this, especially since we're going to get into the, you know, the idea of dating that, you know, I struggle in the dating world and I get so over anxious about, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. And then I break it down in my head and I'm working through this and I tell myself, Hey, listen, I'm 26. I don't have a girlfriend, but so what, you know, I'm, I have a great life and I'm doing great things. It'll come, it'll come in time. So I, once you accept your like, cause you know, it always seems like with anxiety or codependent, like you're trying to prove something when really the people that you think you're trying to prove it to, you're not, you're just trying to prove it to yourself. You are your worst enemy sometimes and you're hardest on yourself. So once you face yourself and you look in a mirror and you say, Hey, listen, this is what's going on. I accept this, or I'm ready to face this then it becomes easier. I agree. That's, that's a powerful message for people because it, you know, once you realize that you have all the answers and you have the power to create or shape the way you live your life and it's all internal, once you adopt that mentality, all the doors open. The problem is we all have blind spots and the point of a blind spot is that you can't see it. And so yeah. if you can't see it, it's like the, you don't know what you don't know type of thing. Like you, the answer could be like right there, but you yeah. can't see it. And yeah. it's, I think it's important that we touch on um, perspective and the way that we view 
day-to-day life. There's, there's two, like in the grand scheme of things, there's two ways to look at it, in my opinion. One is you go through life thinking that everything that happens is happening to you or everything that happens is happening for you. And if you live in the this happens to me mentality, the, the victim mentality, you are going to live your life believing that it is dictated by externals, that other people, other places, other things have the power to influence the trajectory of your life. And while that's true, to some extent, if you go through life on the flip side, thinking that everything is happening for you, then you, you start to embody this, this belief of abundance and gratitude. And that's when you can start like little by little, you start taking your power back because you realize that whatever's happening, like, it's out of your control and anything that does happen, it's just happening for you. It's, it's happening to teach you something, to show you something, to guide you to the next step. Yeah. It's the, and, embetterment. It's the embetterment. So like you have, you mentioned the doors and the keys. It's like, we have the keys in our pocket the whole time to open the doors and we don't realize it. Or, you know, mm-hmm. we're the authors of our own destiny. We just have to write it. And one thing that I will say too, and then I'll uh, throw it back to you a resolution that like, I just brought up, you know, how I, I was trying to confront myself saying, Hey, I'm 26 and I'm single, but that's okay. Is that, you know, I always used to think, Oh yeah, you know, it's never going well for me. It must be something with me or it must be my confidence. There's gotta be a reason I'm still single. And then I realized maybe all of it is a sign that I haven't met the right person yet. And instead of looking at it as a bad, like a bad cloud over my head all the time, it's more of a veil of protection for me. So that one day, I'll be put in the right place at the right time to meet that person. And so that goes for anything. It's like, instead of, that's a strategy in psychology too, in dealing with anxiety and coping with it is that if you keep saying, Oh yeah, this always happens to me, or this always happens. This is like, that's negative thinking. The positive is like, Hey, you know, this happens. So what? And Hey, I accept these, or I believe like, look at the positive or the silver lining and something that you It's so easy to say, Hey, this they go negative with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's two things I want to say. So one about the dating thing. Have you, are you familiar with the show, How I Met Your Mother? I know of it. I I can't remember the last time I watched it. Okay. Okay. So there's this episode where like one of the main characters, he's constantly searching for, for love, for like his perfect partner. And he he gets into this relationship with this woman and, and it doesn't end up working out and they're sitting in a car, you know, at, after the relationship has ended, they realize that it's not going to work out. And um, the woman tells a story. She was like, you know, I was driving one day and I got pulled over for speeding and the cop walks up to the, to the car window and she rolls it down. She was like, I'm so sorry, officer. I know you've been waiting. I tried to get here as fast as I could. And it's the same thing with, in my eyes, like with the dating thing, like your, your perfect companion, she's out there and they're, they're coming as fast as they can. Right. But like, 
there's only so fast yeah you know and so it's it's equal parts taking control and being patient and and recognizing that there's there are some things that are out of your control and trying to force something that's not meant to be probably won't end up well but it will teach you what you don't want and I think that the quickest way to figure out where you're supposed to be is to eliminate the places where you know you're not supposed to be. And so that's, that's a big concept of dating is, is to try and figure out what it is you want, what it is you don't want and, and really internalize those things and, and kind of sift through, you know, I thought I liked this uh, personality trait, but maybe I don't. And like, now I know that for sure, because (laughs) this isn't working. Um, You know, it's, it's a, I think on the outside, like when, when somebody tries to, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. I've definitely done this is like, I try to pick and choose what parts I want to accept of somebody. And, and the parts that I don't want to accept or that don't resonate with me, I pretend like they don't exist. And I really only focus on the good parts. And I think that plays into the codependency where like, for like, if you can't fully accept yourself, you can't fully accept somebody else. And so if you're only focusing on certain aspects of somebody else's personality, because those are the ones that resonate with you. And then you largely ignore these massive red flags that are coming up. Eventually you're going to find yourself in a situation that you don't want to be in. And I think that's an important part of the dating world is to not get so hung up. As you mentioned earlier, it's not necessarily the person, it's the idea of it and to not get hung up on the idea of what could be There's two parts, the idea of what could be in that moment, because you, maybe this person's really attractive or maybe they said something funny and you vibe like in the moment, but there's all these other things that you're ignoring. And the other thing is maybe you see somebody's, potential of like what could be in the future but you can't live your life and especially in a relationship like you don't want to go through this relationship hoping that one day things will embody this idea that you have in your head because Yeah. yeah it's 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 not a healthy way to go about it like i think the best way to go about it in my opinion is to focus on how are things in the moment and take that day by day and obviously not every day is going to be perfect if you're in a relationship, but. Yeah. And you can't love, um, you, like you said some interesting things that I want to chime in on. Like you can't love someone else until you love yourself. You know, you got to be comfortable. Someone wise once told me, you got to be comfortable. You got to go to the movies. You got to enjoy yourself by yourself. You got to have your, your time. And it's that you can't, like you said, you can't force these things because what ends up happening is that you, that's why initially when you go out with someone and, and this is good, we're talking about this because this trims in the second part of our, video especially now i think this is a a habit a lot of people are having if you force it and you feel like there's no connection there it may not ever build that momentum and you know when you find someone they just they just check your boxes and you don't you don't think about any of this and it just hits you like lightning when you start having to think about what you're saying and maybe they're not the right person when you meet the right person none of that matters and you never have to think about it and i think what's also cool too Keanu Reeves said something really great this year, right before all this happened. He's and the had, man, bro. Oh, I know. He's the man. He literally, I had, <laughs> this, I had this sitting at my desk, is that you can't force something. Whatever's meant to be, 
will be. And whatever's not meant to be will not be. And there's no point in putting all this time and effort in trying to force something because it's whether it's relationship, friendship, anything, because it's just going to come crashing and burning. And it's just so exhausting and it's not worth it. And I'm paraphrasing, but I think mm-hmm. that's really important. And so I've, I've especially learned that even now more than ever is that I, I, like for me, I don't go for looks. Like the biggest thing I look for in someone is that they're motivated, that they know what they want, that they just have a, you know, they have their life where they want to go. Like that, no one's perfect. So I don't expect someone to have their life figured out on day one. I just mean like, you know, you know what they want. Cause like, here's the thing. You never want to go after looks right away because that loses its flair eventually. And I think you touched on that. You go for what you see in someone, their true essence behind the exterior, because that's what grows and forms that attraction. And if you're spending time worrying about what you like and what you don't like, then you're missing the entire point. And if you're missing the entire point, then you're just dating the date and you're not even dating for the right reasons. Well, okay. So I think I, I largely agree with what you said, but one thing like at the end, you said you're not dating for the right reasons. I think that's subjective. I think people have a multitude of reasons why they want to date. And so to each their own, they get, like people could do whatever they want. Um, maybe, maybe they're on like a a more shallow level where like they're just trying to hook up with somebody, and that's the reason they're dating. Like, okay, well, if that's your goal, then like maybe like and and your actions map to that, then like good for you, you know. Um, but if you're looking for something of more substance then I think the way you explained it would be the ideal way is to focus on what is, what is this person doing to better themselves? Like there's, um, there's this quote you brought up Keanu Reeves. Will Smith has this uh, quote and I don't remember it exactly, but it's like, it's basically like, partners should not rely on each other for happiness. There should be two happy individuals who come together and share that happiness and grow together. And if you are in a really good place and you are, you have goals, you have ambitions and your actions map to that, most likely you're going to find other people who are on a similar level um, if you're aware of what you're looking for. Yeah, and, I think that's good too because it's the better parts of one whole and maybe too, what, what I mean when I said that is that maybe you, you, you think you know what you want in the sense of subjectivity. Here's your goal, but then your actions or your, your execution are to another goal and maybe you just have to stop and say okay well this is my goal maybe my execution needs to match more up to it and maybe that's where the confusion lies and maybe that's where you're not looking for the right reason and i think that's a really good way to sum a lot of this up because another thing that will smith said too well see these guys are so good they have all these great quotes and everything um (laughs) he, he said in the movie hitch is that life isn't about the amount of breaths you take it's about how many moments take your breath away. And I think that Ooh, plays into this. Mic drop. Yeah, it does because it's like, it's not about what you're doing. So what you're doing is represented by the amount of breaths you're taking, but what moments come to you or what feels right, that's the moments that take your breath away. Mm. Yeah, man. 
it's and those and like we mentioned it earlier in this, but like those moments can't be forced. No. They just happen. And it's I think I think this is a a partial reason why people get frustrated with dating is because they try to force it. And they 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 have this idea of they see other people, right, with their perfect partners and their perfect relationships and that's you know, one downside of social media is that you're seeing everyone's highlight reel. You don't see the argument that maybe this couple got into right before they posted a picture on Instagram, you know, or the, like it, it's, there's so many unknowns. Like we don't know, right? But we compare ourselves to this fantasy that, and I think it distorts a realistic version of what to, what could be expected in a relationship and when you get into the dating scene. And yeah. When you get off, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no you, you finish. It's, I didn't know you. Were that was it. Talking. That was it. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say that when you get off and I encourage anybody who's listening to this, check it out. There's a nice, awesome motivational speaker who I love listening to. And he has this system set up where he'll text you every day through community app and you'll get text quote. From him. He has these videos where he puts different scenarios together. And one of the scenarios he has is couple seems like they're great on paper. And so there's this couple that's struggling, but they feel like they're the most authentic. You know, they, they, they're struggling with money they're but they're, they love each other. And that's what matters. And they see these people on Instagram and see that, oh, hold on one second, my mic fell out. The, the mic fell out. Anyway, so they see these couple and they're like, oh, they look so great. Why can't we be like that? But then on the other end, you see them take this photo and then you see the behind the scenes that they're actually fighting that they don't have all this money like they seem like the dress that they took a picture she took a picture and she's gonna return she just did it so mm -hmm. it was all for show and the people that weren't that sure how their life was going were actually the better ones so it's like don't just look on here and it's the same with a lot of actors actresses people in hollywood everything looks good on paper but it doesn't mean it is so don't compare yourself to others or expect to be like others be the like instead of being the next such and such be the first you and make what you have <laughs> special yeah, I like that, man. I could, I think it's really important. And this is, you know, something that people struggle with is like, don't be the next such and such and such, like be the first you. I think that that is uh, like a main obstacle to achieving that is codependency. Because we, if you're codependent, you're going to there's there's varying forms but like for the sake of simplicity i think a lot of people when they think of codependency they they think of the partner who's super needy who is constantly attached to the other person and if they don't have a partner they're lost they have no idea who they are they're this like the person that's like constantly in relationships like they can't be alone and if you can't be alone with your thoughts, with your feelings, because codependency is uh, it's a symptom. It's like, why, what, what is causing you to engage in codependent behaviors, right? Like what is the underlying root cause? And until you figure that out, you're not fully going to grasp or understand or embody who you are as a person. And, that journey to like self-realization to understanding your own identity to figuring out what the most authentic genuine version of you is 
there's going to be, and I think, I don't think that's like an end goal. I think that that's something that is constantly worked on throughout life. I don't think there is an actual end goal, but there are going to be obstacles in the way. And a big one, a big obstacle to get in the way of that is codependency because you're reliant on other people to make you feel whole. And there's this amazing stand-up comedy special. Um, the guy's name is Daniel Sloss. And he's got this episode. It's on Netflix. And the episode is called Jigsaw. And he's basically talking about how he was raised and society largely believes that if you are an adult and you're not married with kids, that you're doing something wrong. And his family, his dad taught him, like, gave him this analogy of a jigsaw puzzle. And in the middle, the middle, the center piece of the puzzle should be, by society standards, your partner. And if you go through life believing that, then anytime you don't have a partner, you don't feel complete. Like your puzzle is not complete. And until you can understand and get to the point where there isn't just one big piece in the middle of a partner, there's, there should be a lot of intricate moving parts in the middle of this puzzle. And your partner can be one piece of that. And if that partner leaves for whatever reason, you will be okay. But if you yeah. idealize and fantasize this version of a partner that's like this massive centerpiece of your life, when, the, when you don't have one or when they're gone, you are incomplete. And I think that that's a dangerous way to live life because everyone is complete entirely as they are. Each person has value as they are. Each person is perfect as far as being human as they are. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who don't believe that. And so it's, that's, this is why I'm, I'm so passionate about this topic because I didn't believe that for a long time, like the majority of my life. And once I, once I kind of like lifted the veil and like stepped through to the other side, um, I realized how much of an impact that mentality and that belief system had on my life. And being able to recognize the fact that I have value and that I'm complete purely like as I am right now sitting in my backyard, like I'm complete, I'm okay. I am like I'm me and I'm cool with that. That more than anything has changed my entire life. Yeah. And I think that's something important to take away from this. And I think that's a good way to wrap this up. And I think the moral of that is that you are your own center and everything else is just is around you as a bonus. And so work on yourself and really be the best you. So that way, when you meet someone, they're not, completing a piece of your puzzle they're giving you an additional piece that you didn't even know you needed and so i think that's a good way and i think a good encouraging exercise that i challenge everybody to do i challenge myself to do i even challenge you to do it nick you probably right. do it is that 
maybe take, like take not a complete break from social media. Obviously, we're working on social media, but so for some of you, you know, take a break from it. Put your phones down, especially now. It's easy to just revert to that because you're inside all the time. But go on a nature walk or do something that's going to help find yourself. Be happy with yourself and be complete with yourself instead of worrying about what you're missing out by being in, at home. You know, you can be, you can do anything you want on your own. I know a lot of people aren't comfortable going out on their own, but until you feel comfortable, maybe you're not complete. Work on yourself, you know, and I challenge everybody to do that that's listening or that will watch this later and see how you feel. And I think that will really help put you down the right path. Yeah, I agree. I think it's massively important to take social media detox days and to just go out and like walk to the park, go like I'm, I'm fortunate enough to live in San Diego and the beach is 20 minutes away. So I try to go as often as I can. Um, but even, you know, go out, like instead of sitting in your house, go out, like leave your phone inside and go out in the backyard and sit out there for 15 minutes. Or if you have an apartment, go out and like sit in the grass outside for 15 minutes and just, look and recognize how beautiful life is and yeah. and that you don't need all these external things to to fill your cup you have the ability to fill your cup all on your own exactly look at us we spent about 35 minutes or so talking to you guys and we're outside and, you know, you guys were technically outside virtually, but now we're challenging you to go out there <laughs> and, you know, see, explore the world. There's just a, yeah. a great place out there, you know, but yeah, man. I think this is really good. Hopefully this helps a lot of people or at least maybe just one because then our mission is direction. That's all I we need. I will end just... this. And again, yeah, that's all we need. And so just to rehash that's what we, we were saying. Where, uh, where we can follow each where we can find each other. For those watching now, you can follow me on here at, at Feralism15, on Facebook and YouTube at Feralism, and on Apple Podcasts, anywhere that podcasts are. That's where this will be up. And before we end this, Nick, where can people find you? Uh, so if you're on here, you could check the comeback journey uh, on Instagram. It's at underscore the comeback journey, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, TikTok. Just search the comeback journey. And then I have a website, comebackjourney.com. My podcast is up on most streaming platforms. Same name, The Comeback Journey. And um, yeah, I'm, my door is always open if anyone ever wants to chat about this kind of stuff. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah um, same here. And my door is always yeah. open too. Don't be afraid to message us. Even if you don't know us, that's why we're here. Make a new friend. Come to someone. Come to us if you can't go to anybody else. We're here for you. Let We'll lend you our ears. Please share this around and spread this. And I hope you gain something positive out of this. Thank you so much for your time, Nick. And thanks to everyone watching. Stay positive and be you. Be you. That's right. Be you. Cool. Thank you so much, Nick. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. This, this was All a right. blast. We got to do this again soon. Absolutely. The first of many. Thank you yes, so sir. much. Of course, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.